When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's Arthi. That's Noor. And you're listening to The Reality Is. I started working out and I've somehow gained seven pounds. What the fuck is that? <laughs> That's muscles, baby. You got I muscles. I don't know. Like, what do I have? Like, quads of steel that, like, all of a sudden, you mu- you must quadrias be- of steel? <laughs> <laughs> like, how dare you? Anyway, we're getting very close. I'm about two weeks into my workout routine. Mm-hmm. So next week will be but the week. But if you're gaining weight, what is the point of the exercise? You're going to use that as an excuse to stop. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my point. You are right. And I think that I should probably just stop now. Stop while I'm ahead. No, no. <laughs> prove me wrong, bitch. <laughs> Keep working out. Maybe you will inspire me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I literally spend all day today lying on my side watching the house manager present the impeachment trial. I haven't watched any of that. Oh my God, that was horrific because they show videos and points of view that we haven't seen so far. Yeah. I was super mad and it felt nostalgic because it was like, oh, it's been a, almost a month since I felt this anger before. <laughs> Is that blood rushing into my face? <laughs> you had like a rage boner. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you wake break up with someone and then you're like, I fucking hate that guy. I'm so glad that person is out of my life. Right. But there's like a sense of joy you get when you like find out something miserable happened to them or you right. run into some- them somewhere and you're like doing so good and you see them and you're like, right. I'm so angry right now that I just saw you. But I'm like so happy because you are not my active problem anymore. Right. I love it. I'm so jealous for you. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then... I was like, I should be tweeting. I should be saying something about this. I'm like, "Uh, should I say something about it? Because what is the point? These assholes are not going to impeach him. No, they're not. No. Yeah. So it, it's like you're putting everything on record. Then I, a part of me says, no, but we have to try. We have to try to make them accountable. Mm-hmm. We cannot not do anything either mm-hmm. because that's not going to solve the problem. We have to keep the outrage going. You have to keep that anger in you a little bit longer. Otherwise, there's nothing that will drive us into fixing the situation. Yeah, you have to stay mad. I mean, like, you know, it's kind of like when all of this stuff happened, like even in January when like the insurrection happened, Uh it was so funny to see. I mean, it wasn't actually haha funny. It was like ironic funny to see a lot of white people being like, this is the saddest day in our country's history. I was like, Uh. (laughs) no, it's not. No. No. No, no, you don't know the country's history, honey, if you're going to say that this is the saddest day in the country's history. Just in the last four years, I felt like every other day was a sad day in the country's history. But if you're going to go back to like hundreds of years ago, yeah, the entire country is built on bad history. So like you have to keep that rage going. Otherwise you get complacent. 
We can't have that. By the way, do you know anything about the Bachelor drama? So I have a very tertiary understanding of what's going on. But what is happening is one of the the girls that's in the lead, I guess, with The Bachelor right now. Is that how that works? Okay. I don't know. It's whatever. <laughs> she's she's not getting voted off the island anytime <laughs> soon. Is that how that works? Anyway, <laughs> she is. Her name is, I think, Rachel. Could be mm. Rachel. Could be Sarah. Could be Kelly. I don't know. Some name like that. <laughs> You know, everybody loved her and she was so great and she was the one everybody was rooting for. But then they found social media of her being like an absolute deplorable, like a classic textbook deplorable. So people started raging, like, you know, talking about getting her off the show or whatever, because The Bachelor is a black man. Yeah. And then Chris, I want to call him Chris Hansen, but that's the guy from To Catch a Predator. It's not Chris Evans either. I've been thinking of what Chris is he? He's not a Chris that anybody cares about. He's not Chris Pine. No. Evans. No, no. But the gentleman who hosts The Bachelor. Chris Harrison. Is he he a gentleman? Not so much. Oh, yeah. So he went on TV and he talked about how, I don't know, just to show this girl some grace and I don't know what it was. I didn't watch the video. I only read people's comments and people are pissed. I watched the video and essentially he says that people... People need to stop canceling people about stuff that happened long time ago. She was a young girl. People are saying her parents were voting for Trump. And that's why she is a Trumper. Just because you voted for somebody doesn't mean that you are racist. And I was like, Chris, oh, Harrison, Chris Harrison voted for Trump. Yeah, because thank you. It, yeah. The interviewer was a black girl. And she kept trying to correct him that it wasn't a long time ago. It was 2018. That's not a long time ago. No. It's okay to question her the fact that she is not coming out and saying anything about it if she had just apologized it would be different but she's not he kept on mansplaining to her why it was wrong to even ask the girl to apologize for that Mm-mm. or acknowledge that it had happened yeah he kept mansplaining to the black girl and Ugh. so it was the most cringeworthy thing ever so he's the next one to be canceled essentially what he's what he said about sort of resonated with what we are talking about in terms of Trump and everything else People think that racism is one kind of thing where a white person, a black person by racial slurs. And that's all that racism is. They don't Mm -hmm. see all of the levels of racism and the breadth of racism that occurs. Mm -hmm. So when we say that people don't understand what that means, like they don't understand the whole depth of it. And so they just pick on the one thing and say, well, that wasn't racist. Yep. Cam comparing dog food and chicken feet is not racism it's just she's just a picky eater oh she made an Instagram ad about her dog treats and said oh I'm not going to eat chicken feed but you can have this that is good marketing that's what people are saying oh that's just her marketing something that happened on the show if you're marketing something that happened on the show after you've been told that that was racist then that's not good marketing that means that you're just selling to the racist and that's all yes exactly congratulations your good marketing tactic is that you found a, a racist corner of the universe that you think is going right. to buy because they hate Asians. All, yeah, all FBI has to do is follow who is buying pink dog. Sparkle pink, dog. What is that? What is that? Sparkle dog. Sparkle dog, dog treat. And you will find that it will lead you to all the proud boys and boogaloo boys. <laughs> <laughs>
they're the ones feeding their dogs. Also, Chris Harrison then posted like a very I I think I find it comical now. The apology posts that always go up there like, I'm dedicated to learning and growing and listening and growing and learning and growing mm-hmm. and like shut the fuck up. Get out of here. Ugh, I yeah. hate that. It's like the minute that you have to post something like that and say, I'm dedicated to learning and growing. It's like, no. I wish these races would just keep it simple and say, I was a dumbass. I was wrong. I was terrible. I deserve everything that you guys are saying. I will try to work harder, be a better person going forward. I don't expect you to forgive me, but I will expect you to keep me on the straight line. Yeah, I think that's the thing that's missing, right? People always say, I made a mistake, but they don't own that the mistake that they made was a racist mistake. Right. Right. I think if a person made a mistake and then said, you know, you know what? You're right. Yeah, that was totally racist. I had no idea that that was racist. And I'm a dumbass for not knowing that that was racist. But I'm going to work really hard to pay attention to the shit that I do. It's kind of like even if you look at Brandy from this week's Dallas episode, the way she even talked about the entire Mm -hmm. situation Mm -hmm. with Tiffany and making the video and the comments that she made after she was called out about making the video. Mm -hmm. At no point has Brandy said, I was stupid for making those statements. Mm-hmm. Or maybe she did. I don't know. But I didn't. I certainly have not gotten from her this concept that like she knows that what she did was an insensitive, racist thing to do. She has never explored where it is that maybe she started thinking that this was an acceptable thing to do. Because like that's for me, I think a really big part of it. You have to like do the work to find out like what made me think that this was okay. And what else yeah. have I been doing that I think is okay that's wrong. And that's something that I feel like is missing because Brandy went from being called out to being like, I'm so depressed how everybody's being so mean to me. Mm -hmm. I'm now suicidal, right? Mm -hmm. It glazed over the big problem. And it's like what we're seeing right now in Dallas, these women are being terrible to Tiffany. Disclaimer, crickets. I'm not cool with crickets in my pizza. I'd be really pissed too if I found out that that was Mm -hmm. happening. And I do think that Tiffany went, (laughs) she's like an Mm -hmm. awkward Oh, we can go in poll discussion of how exactly awkward she is and why. Yes. I am exactly like that. <laughs> right? You're like, like you, yeah, you are. <laughs> I don't think that you're that way. But mm-hmm. I can see you doing that also. Like, I don't think that you would ever be that way to me. But I think that I can imagine you also doing something like that. Being like, isn't that so funny? And being like, Arthi, no, you went too no. far. You know, but we're seeing on Dallas, all of these women really get on Tiffany about little shit. They're being unbelievably aggressive and irritated with Tiffany for random things, putting the time that the party is going to end, which by the way, that's my jam. I am fine with that. Please. (laughs) I'm like Stephanie. If I can be home, this is, this is great with me. But Carrie saying like, oh, I already feel uninvited. Like that's just Carrie being a bitch. Like, there's no reason for her to not like Tiffany. But the truth of the matter is they don't like her because she's brilliant, she's successful, and she's not white. And she doesn't do things the way that they want her to. Right. She makes them uncomfortable. Yes. She makes them uncomfortable. And you know what else she makes them uncomfortable? Because Mm -hmm. every moment that they need to spend with Tiffany and Brandy in the same room is a moment that reminds them that they as a group have not addressed how Tiffany feels about what Brandy did. They Mm -hmm. have not talked about it as a group. 
the thing is, they're not smart enough to figure out that that's the thing that's making them feel uncomfortable. But that's the damn truth. And the other thing is, like, even Brandy saying, oh, I just am not comfortable enough yet around Tiffany to address these issues with her. Mm -hmm. It's like, hold on, time out. You're the one that fucked up. What do you mean you don't feel comfortable being open with Tiffany? She's like, I don't feel comfortable critiquing Tiffany about the things that she does because of, you know, everything that happened. Uh, You mean the fact that you were a racist person? Yeah. Yeah. And now you feel like, oh, if I say something to the Asian girl, then they're going to think that I'm racist. Yeah, bitch. That's the bed that you made. And that is the bed that you need to lay in. And you need to figure out how to actually talk to people where you don't sound racist. Because you're not helping. You going into her bathroom and throwing up a bunch of food. Well, by the way, also, we think she's pregnant at the time. Because she's she's like nine months pregnant now. Yes. This was recorded over the summer. That's so she was probably pregnant, and that's why yeah. she was throwing up. So that makes sense. But all these women, right? It's this random Jen bitch that keeps showing up at parties. Mm-hmm. It's the saddest thing in the world. Jen and Stephanie and Cam and Carrie sitting around and talking about how, like, I didn't like that she did this. I don't like the way Tiffany did this. I don't like that text message. I don't like that she didn't take the shot. I don't like the chicken feet. Like, them having yeah. all these separate conversations and saying shit like, that's not how my mom raised me. That's not the way we do it growing up. That's right. not how I was raised. Saying those things implies that the way that they were raised is the right way to be raised and the Correct. way that Tiffany was raised is wrong. They're othering right. Tiffany over and over over and over again. You know, they are strengthening their own bias by by rehashing it in different groups, in different scenarios. And, you know, it just confirms to them that, yes, they are right because the other person that they are talking to says the same thing. So they must be right. Oh, yeah. And talk to another group and they said the same thing. So it's confirmation bias, right? You have decided Tiffany is the other. You have talked about it in various ways. And now it's been confirmed by other white people, other races. And now it's all confirmed. So you're all going to use some random shit to blame Tiffany to be the bad person. Yeah. And the one person that they don't include in all these conversations is Deandra. Mm-hmm. Because they know that Deandra is going to take Tiffany's side. And even yeah. then, like, they don't ever bring these things. The shit that they say about Tiffany, like Jen and Stephanie, they silently sit in the back when yeah. they're the ones that were also agreeing with Brandy or Carrie right. or Cam. They quietly sit in the back and they act like they don't have an opinion about it. But the way that yeah. they roll their eyes and all this stuff, it's like the uncomfortable comfortable thing in the room is also the fact that these other women are also racist like they're uncomfortable because let's be honest if tiffany was to call out brandy in front of all of them they wouldn't say oh tiffany we understand how you feel they would say i just don't think it was that big of a deal what brandy did and i think that's the thing that makes them all uncomfortable and rather than facing that or having to accept that they would much rather just say other shit that they don't like about tiffany like her text message or the fact that she makes you wear booties yeah. which i have a this, lot of thoughts about this is going to be a hot one <laughs> she would look so worked up right now but also <laughs> that's basically i need a sip of water do. hold on yeah <laughs> that's basically what they did when they met at stephanie's house uh the first time tiffany and brandy met was everybody even deandra was talking about how brandy was feeling mm-hmm. and not so much about tiffany's feeling and that's where it is and so tiffany is already feeling other which is why she herself talks about, talks to her husband and says am i trying too hard yeah and uh, she's already going in feeling this tremendous pressure to fit in but also uphold her principles and her 
cultural values. At the same time, she also wants to make it fun, be as American as she can be and as close to these white girls as she can be to make them feel comfortable. She's willing to put herself into an uncomfortable situation because this whole thing was so awkward. You could tell that Tiffany is not the hostess. And so for her to put herself into an uncomfortable situation and then try really hard to make it fun, to loosen things up and do it in her own awkward way just to make all of these other bitches comfortable is so telling to how Tiffany feels and how the others have made her feel. Yes, exactly. Now, on the topic of the shoes. Okay. Yes. Oh, okay. So, are the your house shoes or no shoes? No shoes. No way. Yeah. My house, no shoes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Even my kids, no. My kids' friends now. Yeah. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Let's forget that Tiffany's an Asian person. Mm-hmm. There's a fucking pandemic going on right mm-hmm. now. I don't understand how this is Texas in like July. So it's only been a couple of months. Yeah. How do you not know? That you're supposed to take your shoes off because you can be dragging shit in from outside. Like, why are you bringing your groceries inside and wiping them down, but then also wearing your dirty ass shoes throughout your house? Yeah. So let's forget the fact that she's an Asian woman for a, for a second, yeah. but just the fact that they could not understand that you're supposed to take your shoes off or cover your shoes because you're in the middle of a pandemic is really fucking telling. You know what else is telling? That Carrie doesn't use hand sanitizer before she starts making fucking pizza. That's nasty. That's nasty, Carrie. Get the fuck out of here. You nasty bitch. Okay, now the shoes. I didn't even notice that. This white woman's Because Mm -hmm. let's call it what it is. Carrie is a white passing woman. She is Mexican and she may have faced some discrimination in her life, but she is a white passing woman. Until she opens her mouth, nobody knows that she's a Mexican woman. Okay. This white passing woman's blatant disrespect for the rules of an Asian woman's house, her inability to respect the booties and the shoes and the hand sanitizer and all of it, especially in a pandemic, is Mm -hmm. like the embodiment of problematic colonizer shit. Mm -hmm. It's microaggressive white supremacy. It's very much like colonizers come into a land and say, this is my land now. And the person goes, nope, I'm a native of this land and this is my land. And the colonizer says, "Mm, no, but you know what, where I come from, that's not how we do it. So we're going to do things the way I do it because I'm white and I'm more powerful than you are. And that's kind of how they're treating Tiffany's house. And it's insane to me. Like it's Tiffany's house. It's Tiffany's rules. You have no fucking right to walk into her house with your dirty ass shoes on. Like even Deandra, Deandra gets into such a conniption because she doesn't put on booties. And you can tell Mm. based on how uncomfortable she gets when she's told to put the booties on or how uncomfortable she gets when she's like, oh, Daniel, I can't hug you because that would be inappropriate, right? Because there's a pandemic. You can tell that based on those types of comments that she feels uncomfortable having to comply to these rules. Right. She does it, which is great. But you can tell that she's uncomfortable with it. And that I think is just like, I don't care. You can be uncomfortable. You do that a few times, then you get used to it. Yeah. I just, I I don't have a problem with 
anybody being uncomfortable the first time or the first yes. few times, that's fine. As long as you shut up and follow the rules. This is my house, my space, you know, my property. And this is how I want you to behave. Yeah. Like my husband's got an aunt and she prefers to because we've got hardwood on the main floor. Yeah. She doesn't like the feeling of hardwood against her feet. So I always tell yeah. her, would you like some house slippers? Yeah. I'll give you house slippers. Yeah. Would you like some socks? Yeah. But you cannot wear your shoes that you wore outside. Walking around the streets in Queens, like Tiffany says, walking on the subway and then dragging your nasty shit into my house is not going to happen. I don't understand why this is so hard for Americans to understand that shoes that you wear in public bathrooms, outside on the street, walking on shit and piss and all kinds of stuff and bringing that into your house, into your bedroom, into your closet is a weird ass thing to do. Well, you know what, Arthi, the fact that people just learned in like March of last year that you're supposed to wash produce before you eat it. Yeah. Really is telling about the state of this country. Yeah. Like yeah. no fucking wonder we still have not beat coronavirus. Right. Y'all just learned how to wash your hands like nine months ago. Yeah. That so- is kind of weird that this would even be an issue or this is something that anybody would have to explain. I yeah. just don't get it. I don't like, I, you know, sometimes I feel like, would I feel differently if I'd grown up wearing shoes in the house and all that? But I was like, maybe if I not know why I take shoes off. Once you know, this is why you need to take the shoes off. I would be like, yep, that sounds disgusting. But even then, let's say you don't, you're not aware of that. Like it's a culturally a brand new thing Mm -hmm. to you. There's a pandemic right now. Mm -hmm. We have an entire, like I know for my kids and all the kids in my town that go to public school right now, Mm -hmm. all of our us moms are like, yeah, my kid comes home from school. We strip them down and we have them take a shower Mm -hmm. because why the hell wouldn't I? Yeah. It's like the same thing. I mean, I, I feel like also maybe it's all the people that I know in the city are this way, but most of the people that I know that live in New York City do not get into their subway clothes their outside clothes into their house like you don't sit on your bed with your outside clothes on if you sat on the subway seat you're not putting that same butt into your bed Mm -hmm. so it's like the same thing except it's shoes and shoes are nasty but the same americans feel nasty about feet have you noticed that people say oh don't bring your feet near me yeah it's so weird That's like, okay, so you know feet are disgusting and you're wearing shoes inside the house. The feet are disgusting, but the shoes are clean. I don't understand. I don't understand it either. It doesn't make sense. That's one of the things I have puzzled about since I came to this country. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is one of the quirks of being American, I guess. Well, what, what what else happened? Well, crickets. Yeah. Tiffany trying too hard. Not funny. Not funny at all. Yeah. I, I felt bad for her. I felt bad. It was awkward. But if Brandy is throwing up because she's pregnant and not because of the crickets, but if they make it seem like she's throwing up because of the crickets and then blame Tiffany, that will, that will be something. Well, what I think was really fucked up was that Tiffany very clearly felt bad right away. She felt mm-hmm. really, really, really bad right away. Yeah. And Carrie like, is such a fucking bitch. She walks in. She's like, Damn it was you. not cool. What if she had an allergic react? It wasn't cool. Okay. But Tiffany is obviously very sorry. The reason, like, I think she's trying to equate it to when people called her out for pushing Tiffany into the pool. Mm-hmm. It's like, 
Carrie never was apologetic about that. No. So it's there's a massive difference between the way Carrie reacts to things and the way Tiffany reacts to things. And Cam articulates pepperoni. My God, she's so dumb. I actually don't enjoy watching any Cam scenes. I think that the juxtaposition of Tiffany working at a hospital, saving people's lives, then coming home and preparing a party that Cam is still complaining about versus Cam, who is doing nothing but playing with a dog and then yeah. complaining about her homes that are millions of worth millions of dollars it's really telling why cam cares about dumb shit like somebody saying i have work in the morning and i i would like everybody to leave by 10 30 the contrast is just astounding it just goes to show why cam sucks yeah it's like very much a great display of like this is white privilege Mm -hmm. there it is Mm -hmm. white Mm -hmm. privilege the physical embodiment of it they are both well off, but there's only one that has to work harder for the money. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I don't understand how Carrie stays on the show next year. I don't yeah, think she I gets don't... to. I think they get rid of her. Yeah, I think so too. I don't think she brings anything to the franchise. No. Unless she pulls off a performance in the reunion that makes a difference. But I don't think. I think she'll only alienate herself. Yeah, and also all of them have blocked Tiffany on Instagram. So... And Twitter. Uh, all of them? Not all of them, but I think Carrie and Cam have blocked Tiffany. Yeah. Okay. Salt Lake City. I thought it was the most hilarious reunion ever. I found it super funny. Yes, I thought it was a perfect reunion. I thought everybody brought something to the table and everybody was funny. I didn't feel anxious or angry or worked up or anything in that, at least in the first episode. All I found was funny. Lisa, by the way, is my favorite person to laugh at now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She is hilarious. My favorite thing was when Lisa was complaining about Heather being dismissive. Like, Lisa is trying to gaslight everybody. And then she's like, (laughs) roll footage. And then the footage is rolled. But that it's like actually awesome. not in her favor at all. That was it my was, favorite. It was like the entire reunion was filled with these kinds of bloopers. Whitney brings receipts that much like CBS receipt you can barely read, but it's like pages <laughs> and pages. Oh. <laughs> and even Andy was like, this is a bad Xerox. <laughs> and he said Xerox and not print out. even funnier. I was like, Andy, you're showing your age there. And then Jen was saying that I never said that. I never said anything about Brooks. And immediately on the screen is this Instagram, um, you know, it was like throughout. They kept saying something. It was not the truth. It was (laughs) amazing. That's not how it happened. No. (laughs) I also loved the peanut gallery, a.k.a. Mary, who keeps inserting herself into everything. She impressed me. But because she was cogent. Mm hmm. And she brought some valid points and was talking about it. You know, she didn't scream or shout or anything. And she was very um, polished in her presentation. And I was like, oh, okay, Mary, this is how you're, you know, controlling people because you're able to read the room and read the audience. She doesn't break a sweat. No, she doesn't. She's very poised. She's very poised. And when you make even make fun of her wigs or anything, she was like, yeah. Jen made herself look like such a fucking clown this season that Mary looks like she's on top. She looks like a totally yeah. normal human being, whereas Jen looks like she lost her fucking mind. Right. So Mary is 
They're both crazy, but uh, Mary came off as a smart crazy. Yes. Okay, let's talk about Lisa versus Heather. First of all, let's talk about how Heather came to the reunion with the joy of every Bravo fan on her face. Like, she was there as a fan of the shows. She came in ready. She This was her Christmas. She was so happy to be there meeting with Andy. And she was just so, so happy. And even when Lisa said, roll the footage, she's like, that's not how it happens. She's like, have you watched any? she was was truly happy to be there she enjoyed every bit of it and she was really smart in everything she was saying i never felt like heather at any point didn't make any sense in the things that she was saying the only thing where she slipped up a little bit was lisa saying where have we met heather when have we been friends we have known each other but we haven't known each other and yeah. tell me, give me an example. And Heather was like, yeah, we didn't know each other. We have known each other, but not really know each other. And I felt like that's not how you said it. She said, we've, we've run in the same circle of people for 20 years. It's a very small community. We know the same exact people. Yeah, but... I. Even if you do, would if you don't really talk to each other often or something, you might not want. To, you might be like, "Yeah, I've never spoken to you. I know you, but I don't. I've never spoken to you. So let me introduce myself." I mean, I don't think that it's that they've never spoken to each other, though. Mm-hmm. I don't. That's the difference. I think that Heather's yeah. trying to say, like, how can you say that you don't know me and you you have no history with me, but then also call me a good time girl. Right. That doesn't make any sense. Don't say you right. don't know me but then only know me about these party rumors that you've heard. Like you've that's known that, we've had the same like- friends. If I've had the same friends with somebody for 20 years and I've I've hung out with them in a group I'm going to say yeah I know that person. Yeah. You know what I mean? True. I did love everything Heather was doing because Heather was just like it, the one of the funniest things I thought and this is how what, I just want to talk about like the different fights because this is how the episode ends is between Heather and, and uh, Lisa because Lisa accuses Heather of being the reason why Lisa gets hateful text messages. Mm -hmm. While I think that that's terrible that Lisa is getting hateful DMs, it was just hilarious to me that Lisa was like, you couldn't wait to portray me that way on TV. Mm -hmm. And Heather's like, you portrayed yourself. I didn't do anything. And she's like, yeah, but you're the one that was calling me names in the confessional. And Lisa ends the episode with, I ordered Taco Bell. I went to my birthday party. And then it was like, (laughs) boom, Lisa is a bitch and you couldn't wait to talk about how terrible I was so now Lisa is blaming Heather for how editors put together that episode right it just cracked me up because Heather's like I don't have control over that like I'm not portraying anybody (laughs) in a certain way like you're portraying yourself right (laughs) Lisa's like at least also does like I was wearing my best Kavali I had some great hair (laughs) she's like it just cracks me up like shows me the depth of Lisa's life to be like I know that I was being nice I looked great it's like wait what that has nothing to do with how nice you were to somebody (laughs) what is that what do you mean by that that doesn't make any sense like what if you didn't look good that would have given Heather a reason to not be nice to you like it makes which no is sense why, it's so funny. which is why lisa was hilarious i so was funny. laughing at everything lisa was doing she, her cutting off andy and saying no we're not done yet oh <laughs> like God, that so tell you and i'm from new york <laughs> you know and there's like you've been here for 20 years <laughs> my mother is, lives around the corner i was like so funny <laughs> and he's like i don't care we need to know i don't want to talk about your mother <laughs> 
<laughs> One of the other really so, so who do you think won between Lisa and Heather in this round on episode reunion? Oh, Heather. 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 Right? Yeah. Yeah. Lisa got very unhinged, but it was hilarious. So I hope she comes back because I think Lisa is Lisa made herself essential to the uh franchise just as a comic relief for the audience. But yeah. it was <laughs> it was hilarious. Because she doesn't have any like self-awareness and it's so funny. Right. Right. She is a little bit like Ramona. I can see that. In, that. in that sense, like she can be a monster. She is not nice to any of her classmates, but she's hilarious. As an audience, you find, audience, you find it uh, pretty hilarious. She actually reminds me of like early seasons Luann. Yes. Or like fresh <laughs> to cabaret Luann. Mm-hmm. Or even like first season. First season where she was all about being a countess. Yes, that's like, like very space. much Lisa. Like I yeah. love what I have and I live for my kids and... And I love my business and I've texted you and I looked great. My hair looked beautiful. Like, okay. And then she's like, people read books about how to love themselves. I already love myself. And Heather's like, why don't you write a book about it? I'm not going to read it. <laughs> and, then, and then even Lisa, Lisa even fights with, I just love that this entire episode was like Lisa fighting with everybody on stage. <laughs> <laughs> because watching Lisa fight is hysterical. Yeah. It's like um, Lisa even goes at it with Mary, which I thought was great. I want to see Lisa and Mary go at it next season. I need more Mary and I need Lisa to go after her. Right. Because that's, I think, where Lisa will win points. It's like Lisa brings up a great point to be like, "Uh, yeah, I've seen you being condescending Mary to your entire church. (laughs) 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 And she's like, leave my church out. Do I bring your tequila on your tequila? (laughs) So funny. Um, okay, Lisa versus Whitney. And that Lisa one because Whitney could barely get a word out properly. She was like struggling to say what she wanted to say. <laughs> she's like a malfunctioning was- like robot. Right? <laughs> it's like she's run out of coins. Like we need to put some more coins in it. Just like the printer that she printed those text messages from. She's run out of ink. <laughs> She looked beautiful, though, but she was running out of gas halfway through her sentence. And then Heather would complete her sentence or Jen would do it. or like Everybody was like, let's finish this up quicker. So everybody started talking over each other in that sense. In that sense, I, I think Whitney was right. But Lisa won the argument in the reunion only because Lisa kept talking and just bashing it over Whitney. And Whitney was like, yeah, but yeah, but... Never getting anywhere. She also said to Lisa, she said, you, she said, you are very, she called it condensing or something like condescending. condescending, She was like, like, condense sending. (laughs) Condescending. Yeah. Something like that. (laughs) I was like, oh, sweet Whitney. I also like how she was like, you know what? My problem with you is Lisa. I don't tell you how I really feel. But now I'm going to tell you, you're a manipulator. I'm like, what are you talking about, Whitney? We've all known that you don't like her. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) It was like, no, this time, basically what she's saying is it's not about that we don't know how she feels. It's like, but she, we haven't let her complete a sentence. Yeah. (laughs) Like, but this time around, I'm going to complete the sentence. And she starts talking and they cut her off again. (laughs) 
She never gets a uh, full sentence Sweet out. Whitney. Sweet Whitney with her faded receipts. I know. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Jen. So they opened it with Jen. We're talking about her issues with her husband. Mm. And it's like so clear that she still has so much resentment and anger and unpacked shit with her husband because the minute they bring up her husband, his not being around much, she starts to cry. And it's like, yeah. if you're still at this point yeah. and you've been with this man for 26 years and you still can't have a conversation about his lack of involvement in your life without falling into tears, then you're not dealing with the issues in your marriage. And that is why you are popping off on everyone. Right. That being said, is Jen triggered by Mary? Yes. Yes. (laughs) She's like, no, I'm not triggered by Mary. It was the hospital thing and the luncheon, but Mary doesn't trigger me. I'm like, what the hell happened at Coach's party? They said Mary and you said, shut the fuck up about Mary. You're not triggered. Don't tell me about. Don't tell me it's about Mary. It's about Mary. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought Jen got off pretty easy this episode. I think they did. I think they're going to set her up for that. She couldn't. She couldn't explain what all her assistants do. Yes. (laughs) It was a lot of focus on Jen and her business and her relationship. They did bring up Jen and Heather. I couldn't tell from the way they were interacting if they had made up or not, or they were still kind of in a cold place during the reunion. I couldn't quite tell. Uh, Heather seemed to be supporting everything Jen was saying. When people were talking about Jen, she seemed to be nodding whenever Jen spoke, supporting her. But at the same time, Jen was, she sat like a stone when all the other stuff was happening. She didn't interfere in any of their other conflicts. Like when Heather and Lisa had a conflict, Jen didn't do much. Whitney and Lisa had a conflict, Jen didn't do much. She just sat in a corner by herself. So it was kind of weird. I don't know if she was like nervous about all the shit that was going to come her way. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to like explore it more. But you're right. I I couldn't tell whether Heather and Jen Jen had made up, but I could tell based on Heather and what she says at the end, which is, you can treat me like shit, but I'm still going to be your friend, Mm -hmm. which is like so sad, but true to who Heather is as as a person, right? Right. Because Jen, we learned, never apologized or said thank you to Heather for what happened at the 20s party until that very moment when Andy brings it up. And Heather gets emotional and she's like, yeah, it it is, you know, it's fucked up. Like you should be sitting up here and you should be saying, I fucking love you. You're my friend. And I'm really glad Mm -hmm. that you did that. But you know what? It doesn't matter because I'll still put you in the back of a car if if I see that you need help right and that's when mary's like you shouldn't be putting up with that and blah blah i'm like shut up mary but you know what mary does that she keeps inserting herself to bait jen yes and it works because jen always takes the bait she doesn't care for Heather. She just wants to bait Jen. Yes. Which is very manipulative of Mary, for sure. But if you just take Mary's words, that should be something that Heather should pay attention to. She she, she gives up and becomes a doormat um, yes. to Jen. I feel like that's Heather's MO in the relationship. And she needs to work on that. That's not healthy for Heather or for everybody around her because she's enabling monsters like Jen. Yes, I can understand from Heather side of things which is like I'm just a loving person it's just who I am I will be there for everyone and I think that that's fine but you also have to check in with yourself and say am I doing this for this person with some expectation that they're going to give me something else back right because if she's doing it because at some point Jen is going to say yes thank you I love you you're a great friend or be there for her in Mm -hmm. in some capacity that she's not being right now then Heather is doing it for the wrong reasons but if Heather's just doing it because that's just who Heather is 
is, then then that's great. But it's yeah. like, what are you overcompensating for? Or what are you trying to get validated by doing these actions? Right. I think Heather is too, too self-aware mm-hmm. to be doing something like that and not be checking in with herself. She seems like somebody who checks in with herself. I think she checks in. She realizes this is unhealthy and she just gives herself some grace on it and says, well, that's just you. So we'll just yes, we'll just live with it and yeah. not expect anything. But she does get hurt and that's sad. That's yeah. sad for her. I, we, as a person who is much like Heather, at least I feel like I identify with a lot of things she does. And then to see her go through that, I feel, I feel like I reaching in and giving her a hug and saying you deserve better yeah you deserve better than jen you deserve better than your crappy ex-husband you deserve better yes absolutely yeah the lisa and whitney fight that was interesting was lisa's or whitney said to lisa i don't have a problem with you but i think that lisa was not giving us a space to have a friendship with meredith mm-hmm. And I think that's the issue, right? It's like Lisa was hogging Meredith. She was going to that weird luncheon that she had with Meredith. Like I think that they were trying to do a different show and they were trying to do a different show and they weren't letting – Meredith be sort of the crossover. And it's very obvious that Meredith and Whitney and Heather are fine. They're good friends. But it's really clear that like – Lisa is is riding for Jen, which is absolutely insane to Meredith. Mm-hmm. Meredith is like, I don't know how you can do that. And, right. you know, Lisa might have very similar reasons like Heather has of just yeah. being there for Jen because Jen is a lonely and sad person. I can imagine yeah. being around somebody who's that volatile and saying, I feel scared to let them go. I think yeah. my being in their life is a positive presence and I think I need yeah. to be there for them. So I can see right. why they want to be friends with Jen, but yeah. not me. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. at the point in my life where I'm at capacity for friendships. Right. And I would never take on somebody like Jen. Right. No matter how right. many times she comes and Botoxes her knees at my place. Of <laughs> I know. The other thing that's interesting in the way they were sitting uh, and the way the teams formed is that Lisa, Jen, and Mary, all three came into the show wanting to be the queen bee. Mm, great point. They all three bring a very strong personality and they wanted to have a story, all the others revolving around them because they are all three very different, mm. very different from each other. The other three were happy to just be in the show. They didn't want to take the lead and be the center. Yeah. You know, no flake holder or whatever. They didn't want to be. So they sort of are like, that's where the whole issue came about is Mary was trying to lead everybody away from Jen. Jen was trying to lead everybody away from Mary. Lisa was trying to lead everybody away. You know, I think Lisa was trying to move everybody away from Heather. Heather, because she thought Heather Heather was trying to be the head bitch in charge. Yes. I think Heather just is not. Heather didn't have to try. People just like Heather because she's nice. Yes. And she didn't have to. And she's funny and she's self-deprecating and that's something that people identify with and so people just like because they identify easily with Heather and she's almost like an audience member she's very much like Bethany was in the first season she's funny and she's like the you know um, the audience looking in yes and so people like her and so that's uh, that threatened Lisa yeah I agree. Lisa was okay with being number two to either Jen or Mary she just had to figure out who it, it didn't quite work out that way. Yeah, because so. you, you can tell in the very beginning of the season, Lisa is being really nice to Mary. 
She's mm-hmm. all of, I love that. It's a lot of, I love that. Oh, guys, I don't want you to, I, I don't love that. And then yeah. by the end of the season, she's super sympathetic to Jen Shaw and being yeah. there for Jen Shaw, even though the episode before she was like, I could never be friends with that. Exactly. I thought the Meredith and Jen fight was interesting. Mm-hmm. Because Meredith lost points with me on Brooks being attacked and him being a child. I was like, time out. Brooks is not a child. So yeah. it's fine if you're offended because he is your child. Mm-hmm. But Jen did not come after a child. Yeah. She came after your child. So you can say, right. I'm offended because that's my son. Exactly. But don't exactly. say, oh, but she came after a child. That was fucking. It's not weird. like an uh, adult exposed themselves to a child. Yes. That's what that's what you're implying here. And that's not what happened. The thing I noticed when Meredith and Jen were fighting was Jen's only tactic is to call everyone a liar. Yeah. And then Lisa takes that on too. Right. Where Lisa just starts calling everybody a liar. She calls Heather a pathological liar. I was like, <laughs> yeah. like what? what? Like, you can't just <laughs> say that. She's like, you're a pathological liar. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Lisa. Ha- have, you, have you met Marlo? What? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Can we introduce you to Brandy Glanville? Yeah, Brandy or Kenya. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, um, no, that's not a pathological liar. I do think I've pointed this out before. Sorry to go back to Heather and Lisa is I've pointed this out before, which is that I think that Heather and Lisa have issues because Heather practices religion a different way than Lisa does. Mm -hmm. And I think Heather is somebody who believes that if you're going to be Mormon, you need to be fully Mormon. And Lisa is somebody who's new and you don't have to practice it exactly by the book. And I think that's, that's where a lot of the judgment or feeling judgment comes in, right? I think that Lisa feels like Heather is judging her because of how Lisa practices her Mormonism. And Heather feels like Lisa is judging Heather and Whitney because of how they've broken away from Mormonism. I think that that's all it is. I think at the core, that's the issue is they both feel judged because they ultimately feel judged in some sort of way with the Mormon church in general. Absolutely. I think that's, you hit the nail on the head because I have people in my family that converted to Hinduism, Mm -hmm. right? We give them a lot of when they make mistakes or they don't know how the process or they do something wrong or they say something wrong, we forgive them because they're new to the religion. You let them have a lot more leeway and a lot more room and you forgive them because they don't know better and they're learning now. However, if I made the same mistakes, I would not be forgiven because Mm -hmm. I should know better because I was born in this religion and I grew up in it and I should know better. It's like new converts are given a lot more room to grow, whereas, you know, people who are born into that religion will not be. So that's exactly what's happening. I think Lisa finds that the Mormon church is not as restrictive as she thought it would be or she was told it would be and so she's pleasantly surprised and she has room to move and grow and she is happy about it however the church may have different expectations of somebody who has been generationally if not foundationally involved in the church and your their expectations of heather are higher than the expectations on lisa and lisa doesn't get that heather may feel certain pressures that she doesn't feel yeah 
And and I think that when Heather talks about those pressures, Lisa feels offended also because Lisa's like, I made a choice to be this way. And now Heather's saying that there's all these problems within the Mormon Mm -hmm. church makes me look like I'm a smart person who chose to go into a place that might be toxic to somebody else. Yeah. I think I can understand why something like that would feel like you would you would just automatically feel more defensive around that person. I I mean I've said this before. I used to feel this way when people I would be around cousins or friends that raised a lot of questions questions about Islam. They'd be like, yeah. oh, but why do you do that? Or isn't yeah. this wrong and blah, blah, blah. And I would always be yeah. like, no, 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 you can't talk that way. And that's so offensive and blah. Like mm-hmm. now I've grown up to be like, you practice it one way and I practice it another way. Right. You know, and even right. even um, when they were talking about swingers and yeah. Heather says, oh yeah, swingers, they're just doing Mormon 2.0. Lisa yeah. gets very offended. She's like, yeah. no, that is not Mormon 2.0. That is not what yeah. we do. I also yeah. thought going back to Lisa, because she really she really was the star of this reunion. Mm-hmm. I love when they're talking about how mean Lisa is and she keeps going, ask my husband. Ask my husband. <laughs> my husband. Ask he my was husband. right there. He was right there when I was trying to call you. Even before that part, she just kept saying, Sure, bring my husband out. Ask my husband. Ask my husband. <laughs> Ask my husband. Am I a mean person? Ask my husband. It's like, yeah, of course your husband is going to say you're not a mean person. That's your husband. Like, that's he, he's scared. Of, he's scared shitless of you. <laughs> Have you seen how your husband reacts when you talk? <laughs> I got to say, though, Lisa Barlow is gorgeous. Yes. <laughs> she really is so pretty. She is pretty. She just has a weird, awkward way of talking with her, opening her mouth. Her whole wide. mouth opens mouth. up. And like, I <laughs> I'm from the Northeast, okay? I didn't go and live in Utah for 20 years. I've spent a majority of my life in New York and New Jersey. We are big mouth talkers, but nobody talks like Lisa Barlow. No. No. <laughs> She talks like a caricature of a New Yorker, and it's exactly. so funny. Exactly. <laughs> it's like she's acting. She's acting. She's trying to be a New Yorker. <laughs> yeah. So excited to see Meredith and Jen go at it. Yeah. Because I think that Lisa tries to bring up, I think when they show in the previews that you were discussing and talking about my friend's marriage in the confessional, I think that she's talking to Whitney. Jen tells Whitney something, Whitney goes and tells Heather. And then I think that Lisa, instead of getting mad at Jen for bringing it up in the first place, will get mad at Whitney (laughs) for talking about it. Because that feels like a Lisa thing to do. Yeah, it is. I thought Lisa did awesome in this reunion. I think I'm going to, it was quite a surprise. I was pleasantly surprised by the performance of Lisa Barlow. Did not expect Lisa to be the star. No. Episode one. I thought it would be all Jen, Jen, Jen being a big personality. Jen was pretty, fairly quiet, really. Yeah. Um, Mary was succinct and Mary was cogent. And I thought that was great. Even Meredith was, you know, she was all on the side. (laughs) She, she like, rolled over to me. the side she, and she's, and she you know. Squirmed. You know, she just did that snaky. Oh, wait, what did you think all? about that thing about like Jen saying that Brooks wasn't actually mad at Jen, but was actually pissed at Meredith for smoking. And then turns out there's a video that Jen made of Meredith smoking. I was like, <laughs> what is what? this? All that. And then she was, and they were, they argued about who was passed out the next morning. <laughs> Like Jen, that was so weird because Meredith was like, "No, you were passed out," and Jen was like, "You are lying. You are the one that was passed out." I'm like, "Did you guys do some mush- mushrooms or something?" I what know. What there? were you guys smoking? Apparently, Meredith yeah. released some some. She rolled the tapes on Jen on the internet. Hold yeah. on. 
Yeah, so all of them did. So Whitney finally put out a receipt. Yes, and And by the way, Whitney's receipts really show what a lovely conversation it was between Whitney and Lisa. And Lisa, of course, doesn't remember. So instead, Lisa just yells at Whitney and calls her a liar. But what happened is that Whitney told Lisa, they're going to be filming my vow renewal. Would you like your tequila to be on the show? And I think when Whitney goes and tells Lisa, by the way, your bartenders made a big mess. I think what she's saying is it was on camera. Yes. So I'm letting you know it was on camera. Yeah. And then Lisa thinking that it's something else is, well, that's Lisa, isn't it? That's the Lisa we love. (laughs) I don't know. I might actually love that bird. She's like, she's such a weirdo. I think I love her. Odd bird. She's a weirdo. You know what it is? Watching Watching Lisa and Heather fight is like all of us when we're watching like Camille Grammer on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Like Lisa is Camille Grammer or somebody ridiculous on Beverly Hills. And Heather is us at home yelling at the TV being like, this doesn't make any sense. I know. (laughs) I think that's what it is. What are you talking about? Um, um, Meredith looks great. Looked great though. Meredith looked I think great. She controlled I her like eyebrows. Dress. I didn't like. Yeah, her eyebrows look good, and I didn't like the whole entire dress. But the top no. half that was the only thing that we were seeing when they did close-ups was fine. She looked pretty. Yes. Yeah, her face yeah. looked beautiful. I thought Whitney looked the best, at least to me. I like that color on her and the short hair. So Julie was rolling on the floor laughing <laughs> when Whitney. The whole thing Whitney was talking. She was and so then, dramatic too. She was like, was just, "Here, just yeah, you want to pass it around it the room." Just, I know. So Meredith said that that night at the at the house, Jen got so drunk and she passed out that Meredith had to put Jen in her Brooks in, Marks Marks thing. It, apparently, that was a previous sleepover, according yes. to Jen. Received Jen, they had two sleepovers, and she was drunk the previous one. Yes. And she had the receipt of the date with date stamp of in her Brooks. Yes. Oh, my so good. You know what? This is what happens when you bring a bunch of housewives on TV that have been watching housewives. I appreciate it because sometimes I think about that. I'm like, because, you know, I have these situations happen in my group of friends as somebody who is constantly rolling the tapes on their own friends and family. Like, I love to search my WhatsApp for proof that I was not wrong. (laughs) So I feel like I would do really great as as a housewife. And I feel like that's what Whitney and Heather and all these people are coming in with, which I feel like is like perfect. It's like, I don't need you to bring a binder of proof. Just release the text messages on Twitter. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I think uh, it's just like, it was like, they are, all of them went home and posted each one of them. Because I, like I said, every argument they were making, they were making such dumb arguments that they were, it was immediately proven wrong. So they were like, no, 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 this is what I meant. Yeah. (laughs) I was nervous. Yeah, I loved, it. I loved it. Yeah, it was one of the best reunions in a long while, and the best for first year reunion for us. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I liked also how Andy very casually asked Whitney if she got new boobs. Yeah, because <laughs> he like, wanted to be respectful because I think he knows that he can't ask those questions yeah. anymore. But he was like, mm, "Yeah, did you? Oh, get by the a- way, oh, by the way, <laughs> you know, Andy, stop it." It's like, yeah, he couldn't. He couldn't resist he had to ask the boob question he couldn't yeah. pull it okay. back okay so there's a new show that's coming out called 
on Netflix, I think it is, called Buried by the Bernards. Huh. It's about a family in Memphis, Tennessee that owns a funeral home. Mm-hmm. And the okay. internet is saying that it's very funny. Okay. Then we'll and it's going it. to start, I believe, next week or this weekend. So I was thinking mm-hmm. about what if we watch that for our Tuesday episode. Sure. Only because it's new. Buried by the Bernards is new and mm-hmm. it's a black family. So I'm interested in yeah. seeing that. Yeah. Yeah, let's watch. I don't. I wonder I, if Phaedra makes a cameo. That would be funny if she. Yeah. The, yeah, my first ever corner love. Your first problematic love. Yeah, my first problem. I know my first problematic love is my last problematic love, which is uh, Luann Delisep. Mine is Ramona. It's a mess. All right, yeah. guys. Well, that's it for this yeah. week. We'll yeah. talk to you next. <laughs> we'll talk to you on Tuesday for Buried with the Bernards.